Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Bill Eve podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, going to be flying solo as we offer you up a brief episode this week. This is the last week before the NFL season kicks off for good. The preseason is in the rearview mirror. Buffalo's 53-man roster has been announced, as has the 16-person practice squad. So it's kind of an odd uh, time where we don't have any actual football to break down. All the roster moves have been made, uh, but we weren't going to take off this week on Bill Eve. So I gave Jamie the week off. He's been working hard along with Big Newt doing their pod. I figured I would fly solo. My name is John Boccasino, as you've come to know and expect here on Believe. And we're going to be talking about a topic that I think is pertinent now as we get ready for the start of the regular season. And that topic we're going to be discussing here on Believe is really viewing it under the lens of hindsight. Now that Buffalo's roster is set in stone, I wanted to do a critical analysis of Brandon Bean's offseason highlighting moves that went well, that hit the mark, and where Brandon Bean came up short in his efforts to build this roster. So we are going to be handing out the first annual unofficial Believe Best and Worst Moves of the offseason. And we want to hear from you Bills fans as well once this episode drops. What are your thoughts on where Brandon Bean nailed it this offseason and where he came up short, where there could have been some better attention paid to this roster. So I'm just going to offer up a real quick analysis of two moves that I thought Brandon B nailed this offseason and two areas or topics that left a lot to be desired here on Bill Eve. We're going to start off with a negative because I tend to skew pretty positive on the podcast. So let's let's dive into the negative first here. I think the the number one for me, the biggest regret, the worst offseason move for Brandon Bean was really not having an adequate plan in place at middle linebacker. Now, this worst comes with a caveat. We could still be pleasantly surprised by Terrell Bernard or Tyrell Dodson, the veterans who seem to be the leaders in the clubhouse. But this linebacker spot, it's really been a source of confusion and frustration for Bills fans because through the preseason, through the training camp, nothing has been settled. Right now, Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams, and Balin Spector, they're all dealing with injuries. And Spector, really, his play had put him behind the others. So he, let's take him out of the equation when it comes to the linebacker spot. That leaves Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dodson, the two veterans, as really the most likely candidates to be Buffalo's starting middle linebacker. Now, it's interesting. The Buffalo Bills might have actually found by accident their starting middle linebacker when they added to the practice squad, free agent linebacker Christian Kirksey, he was someone that the Bills were reportedly first interested in a couple of years ago. Uh, he's come to one Bills drive before. He's got a familiarity with this franchise. And uh, the Houston Texans weren't going to keep him. He was expendable after missing the entire training camp and the preseason action. But you have to like what Kirksey does bring to the table as far as being able to play both the inside and the outside linebacker position. He's a veteran who's started 
almost 30 games uh, in two seasons with the Texans. But at this point, for a Buffalo Bills defense that is once again expected to rank in the top five of the league, the fact that your Mike linebacker spot is not known and we are a week out from the start of the season, that is a major concern for me. And that's why I am giving Buffalo's inadequate plan for replacing Tremaine Edmonds my top spot for the biggest offseason regret. Now, here's the thing. With Tremaine Edmonds, the Buffalo Bills physically could not afford, in my opinion, to re-sign him. You look at the financials. It was a four-year, $72 million deal that he got from the Chicago Bears. And good for Tremaine. I always thought he was criminally underrated here in Buffalo. He found a team that's willing to pay him what he wanted, and I wish him nothing but the best. But this is a major blow for the Buffalo Bills defense, not having that quarterback. I know you could say that Matt Milano is really, and he is, Matt Milano is by far the all-pro, the best linebacker on this team. But the way this defense operates, you still need to have a very capable and competent Mike linebacker. And I'm not convinced the Bills have that between Bernard, between Williams or Dodson or even Kirksey coming in through the practice squad. And I feel like Buffalo just really not seeming to know what it wanted to do at the Mike spot. They did draft Dorian Williams in the third round. He's had a phenomenal training camp and phenomenal preseason, but he just doesn't seem like he fits at the Mike spot right now. He is more a backup to Matt Milano. AJ Klein at one point was leading the race for the middle linebacker spot. We all know his limitations in pass defense. He can be very solid in stuffing the run, but this is a uncertain, unproven unit. And at such a critical position on the defense, that's why for me, my number one regret this off season, my number one worst off season move was not properly addressing the middle linebacker spot. Only time will tell what Buffalo actually gets out of Dodson or Bernard or Williams or Kirksey, but that's a major red flag heading into a season where Buffalo has Super Bowl expectations. My honorable mention worst move of the offseason is really ignoring the tackle position. Now, Buffalo did with its roster moves basically retain and elevate two players who spent the entire 2022 season on their practice squad and Ryan Vandemark and Alec Anderson. These are players that are young, they're under team control, and they're players the Bills value because of their versatility in Anderson's case and their rising stock in Vandemark's case. But the offensive tackle position has threadbare depth at this point. I know the Bills did bring in Jermaine Effetti, who has started a ton of games in his career. I believe he has more than 89 starts uh, in his career. He's a nice depth signing. But before they brought in Effetti, Buffalo's plan was Brandon Shell, who retired, and then elevating up these two guys in Vandermark and Anderson. And this is all on top of the fact that Deion Dawkins took a step back last year and Spencer Brown has been battling a very erratic first two years in Buffalo, very promising rookie season followed up with a very inconsistent sophomore campaign with the Buffalo bills. The fact that the bills have such questionable depth at the offensive tackle spot and didn't do more to address it. They didn't draft anybody. They drafted two interior offensive linemen. Uh, we all know Osiris Torrance is the future at the guard position, the right guard spot. But the other one, Nick Broker, 
was waived by the team and he was claimed by the Houston Texans. Those were two interior O-linemen. Buffalo didn't draft anybody on the exterior of their offensive line. And that's a major red flag for me because the Bills this offseason and preseason saw Brandon Shell retire. There's a long-term injury for Tommy Doyle that puts him out of the mix for this year and beyond. David Quesenberry had awful play in the preseason, which allowed them to elevate, again, Vandermark and Alec Anderson to the 53-man roster. The Bills' depth at offensive tackle is not good. That combined with questions about how well Spencer Brown will play in his third year. Now, I am more than willing to give Spencer Brown a long leash and long rope and be very patient because you don't find a lot of guys his size six eight his athleticism his maneuverability he's got the physical talents and the agility to be really good at right tackle but he's got to put it together and so for me my second my honorable mention if you will for worst offseason move was not bringing in anybody better to compete at the offensive tackle role It really concerns me as we head into the 23 regular season. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, we've talked about the negative here on Believe as we are breaking down, in my opinion, the worst and best moves for Buffalo general manager Brandon Bean this offseason. For me, the number one, the best move, the move I was happiest with was what Buffalo did to address its wide receivers and its slot receiver position in the offseason. This all starts off with trading up to draft Dalton Kincaid, who by far had what you read the best hands of any tight end receiver prospect coming out of the college draft. He has a unique size and skill set to stretch the field, to be a dynamo, whether he lines up in a diamond formation alongside Dawson Knox, whether he is spread out in the slot receiver position, a place he dominated at Utah. Buffalo got much better 
with its slot wide receiver position by drafting Dalton Kincaid, another valuable, versatile weapon for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense. It really, I, I have all the confidence in the world after this preseason that Ken Dorsey knows what he's doing with that 12 personnel or the two end sets out there, the two tight end sets. And when you've got Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid as those two tight ends, and you've got the flexibility that Kincaid brings to the table with his ability to play either as a tight end or in the slot receiver position, this is going to open up all sorts of trick plays and gadgetry and deception for Buffalo on offense. No longer are they going to be able to key in solely on Stefan Diggs as the number one wide receiver, drawing double teams. I think this having this wide receiver, Dalton Kincaid, is going to really open up Buffalo's offense. And that's even before I mentioned the two free agents that were brought in, people who I absolutely think value, bring coveted skills and coveted talents to Buffalo's offense in veterans Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy. Deontay Hardy has seen a lot of slot right receiver position responsibilities this preseason, especially with the first team offense. He's had a really nice camp. He's speedy. He's got good route running abilities. And same thing with Trent Sherfield, who is a nice, taller, if you will, slot receiver than Deontay Hardy. He's got versatility to play both the Z and the X receiver positions. He can play in the slot. He can play out wide, thus allowing Stefan Diggs to come into the slot. It's a great sign when you're seeing the chemistry that Sherfield and Hardy have developed with Josh Allen during this preseason. Buffalo no longer is lacking the slot receiver position. They are no longer lacking threats at the slot receiver. And they're also not lacking guys who can get you yards after the catch. I think that is one of the biggest areas of deficiency that this Bills offense had since Cole Beasley was running wild out of the slot. Buffalo's receivers are not the quickest and they're not the best at picking up yards after the catch. I think both of those areas, both of those concerns get crossed off in a big way with Kincaid, Sherfield, and Hardy. I love what these guys bring to Buffalo's offense. I think that they are going to be dynamos. I think Buffalo's offense is going to be really hard to game plan for. And that's why for me, the best move of the offseason was addressing the slot wide receiver position and getting in guys who are good at yards after the catch and have speed. Make no mistake about this. Deontay Hardy is a speedster. This kid can flat out fly and watching this offense take off with the speed brought in and with the addition of slot receiver Dalton Kincaid is going to make Buffalo's offense so much more dangerous for defenses to game plan for. So for me, that is my best move of the offseason, bringing in Dalton Kincaid and Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy to make this offense even more deep, more talented, and more multidimensional. The honorable mention move for me, it's a simple one, but bringing back safety Jordan Poyer. This is one of those things where as Jordan Poyer goes on defense, so go the Buffalo Bills. The Bills do not lose games that Jordan Poyer plays. Last year, in every regular season game in which Poyer suited up and finished the game, the Bills won all 12 of those. That is no accident. Jordan Poyer has established himself as one of the best, most dangerous ball-hawking safeties in the league, and he and Micah Hyde coming back for their sixth season in Western New York with all the uncertainty on this defense, with the fact that Leslie Frazier has departed, that Sean McDermott is now taking over the defensive play calls. 
for the regular season for having a big question mark at the middle linebacker spot. The Bills needed to solidify the back end of their defense. We think they've done that at CB2 with Christian Benford, but we know the back line of this defense is going to be extremely stout with Poyer returning for another year here in Western New York. That signing to me was underrated, especially when you thought about the fact that Poyer really, I mean, I know the offers weren't out there, but this is a guy who's an all-pro safety who has proven himself time and time again. He could have gone to another team. He could have gotten more money. But the fact that he's coming back to Buffalo to pair with Micah Hyde, who, by the way, suffered a season-ending neck injury last year in Week 2 of the regular season. So you are going to get a full season with Jordan Poyer and a full season with Micah Hyde. That to me is such a lethal combination for the Buffalo bills on defense. And I thought, honestly, if the, I thought I say this knowing that my number one regret was the way they handled Tremaine Edmonds. But again, that was not in the money about Tremaine Edmonds. It was about not having a legit plan in place or having a plan that is really proven to be short sighted right now with, Bernard and Dodson and the Motley crew at linebacker, but bringing back Jordan Poyer for a reduced salary was such a studly move by Brandon Bean. The back of Buffalo's defense is going to be stout. It's going to be tremendous and dynamic. And that all starts with Poyer and Hyde patrolling the back as your safeties who really neutralize and nullify the big play. I also could have gone with Another honorable mention positive signing was the way the Bills addressed the interior of the offensive line. You've known it by now. I've said it 5,000 times, it feels like, but Osiris Torrance is going to be a stud. He's going to prove to be one of the steals of this draft with the Bills getting him in the third round. I loved the long-term potential with this signing. I also love the Connor McGovern signing. I know he's battling an injury, a hamstring injury, I believe he's fighting through. His availability is a little in doubt, but he did return to practice earlier this week. And what the Bills did to really turn over their interior of the offensive line, still retaining Ryan Bates, saying goodbye to Roger Saffold and bringing in Torrance and McGovern, to me, really were invaluable moves for the interior of this offensive line. So that will get my second honorable mention award. But to summarize here on this week's episode of the Billy Podcast, breaking down the best and worst offseason moves by Brandon Bean, the worst offseason move by far, not adequately planning to find a backup replacement for Tremaine Edmonds at the middle linebacker spot, honorable mention ignoring the tackle position both through the draft and through free agency, the best moves adding solid talent to the slot receiver position, getting in targets who can get yards after the catch and also bring some speed to the wide receiver room. The honorable mentions were bringing back safety Jordan Poyer and addressing and improving the interior of the offensive line. Those are my takes. I would love to get your takes, Buffalo Bills fans, on the best and worst moves by this regime during the offseason. Get involved with our podcast when it drops. I am on Twitter at John Boccasino. That's B-O-C. C-A-C-I-N-O. I promise I'm an entertaining follow and I'd love to get involved in some dialogue on social media. You can also tweet at the podcast using the at Buff Rumblings account. For Jamie D'Amico, who's enjoying a week off this Labor Day weekend, I am John Boccasino signing off for the Bill Eve podcast. Next time we talk, we will be breaking down week one of the regular season as the Bills open up on the road at the Meadowlands against Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Until then, have a great weekend and go Bills.